Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray and I talk all about SmackDown from this past Friday, especially that final segment with Triple H and Vince McMahon. And you may be surprised about what we thought about. Also, we have our first ever Get Yourself Over Monday. That's right. Using the hashtag Get Yourself Over, we have Dan Housen and Christian Cobain on our first ever episode. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Well, you talked about Roger Goodell getting a little loose. Obviously, Triple H, (laughs) Vince McMahon got a little loose on uh, SmackDown Friday night. I was very, very surprised. And I guess at this point I shouldn't be bullying. I'm going to bring up something you actually said last week, that the WWE could do no right. It's amazing to me that the WWE, no matter what they do, people are going to hate on it. And, you know, when you said it, I was like, eh, you know, it's a a little bit extreme, Bully. But, man, when I saw all the hate that came out on social media for that last segment on SmackDown from Friday night, I couldn't believe it. Because for me, that interaction with Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Vince McMahon, I thought was priceless, highly entertaining. And I have to tell you, I laughed my ass off. If you hated that segment with Sean, Triple H, and Vince McMahon and the roast, call the show right now. 877-344-4893. Gabby or Guns will answer the phone and put you to the front of the line. I want to know why you hated it. It came on. I'm sitting back and I'm watching. And immediately when I see Sean and Hunter in the the ring together, Dave, I know it's going to be entertaining. I know it's going to be funny. I know they're not going to stick to the script. I know they're going to, they're going to, they're going to hit some little barbs on each other and some inside jokes on one another. I thought the blooper reel was fantastic. It was funny. I was laughing my ass off at some of the bloopers, A, because I was around for some of them, and B, because they're just flat out funny. When, when was the last time we ever got to see a blooper reel in pro wrestling? Kind of like watching the end of Cannonball Run, you know, when, when they're making all the mistakes. We're not supposed to admit to the world that mistakes are made during a promo. That's exactly what they did. How about them rolling down the road to fire that first cannon shot at a, at a WCW and the cannon doesn't go off? Hilarious. I mean, I've never seen that before. 
I, maybe maybe I'm the one living under the rock. I'd never seen that before. I thought it was funny as hell. And I you know the what? The whole Even thing if, was. If you've seen it before, you certainly didn't see it with 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 Triple H and Vince McMahon. And and you know they have like especially Triple H. Triple H has the reputation of not being that guy to let his hair down and have a little fun. He did it that first night on SmackDown when he did commentary, and he did it again this past Friday night. And I couldn't believe, like, all the people were, you know, and then, you know, the the quote-unquote pro wrestling journalists, you know, whether you want to call them the wrestling journalists or the dirt sheet writers, all the hate from those people saying, like, this is a train wreck and this is god-awful, like, Man, the the WWE can't win because if they had the last 20 minutes of that show be a tribute to Triple H where they were just showing highlights of his matches and him standing in the ring, you know, basking in the glory of all these momentous occasions over the past 25 years in the WWE, everybody would have been killing Triple H and saying, oh, there's Triple H putting himself over, thinking he is a bigger star than he truly is, making himself out to be like on the level of a rock in an Austin. Well, he didn't do that. Instead, he made fun of himself. They even brought up freaking Katie Vick for crying out loud. Like, like I was so pleasantly surprised by what they did. Because there are a lot of times, Bully, I'll be honest, where I think Triple H takes himself a bit too serious. And I was so glad to see that he didn't take this 25th anniversary as a time to do that. That he actually, like you said, the blooper reels, the promos gone awry. Mistakes happening in the ring. You know, Vince McMahon just roasting him to death, you know, when he came out. Like, man, I, I don't understand why people can't just take it for what it is. And I've been the one that has been saying, man, the WWE has to do a better job of acknowledging what's going on. It seems I said it on Thursday's show with you, Bully. Boy, they're just going, they're just steamrolling ahead. They're pretending like there's still an audience out there. There's pretending that this pandemic is not going on. That segment, they, they, you know, did the best with what they could do in that situation. And I'll take it a step further. I don't think that if they did that in front of a crowd, it would have gone off as good as it did. I thought that was the best segment they could have done under the circumstances. How can you watch stuff like Chris Jericho cutting a promo on a drone or the release the hounds or anything, anything outside of the box that AEW does and then look at the segment with Triple H, Sean, and Vince and hate it? That's kind of the entertaining stuff that people are clamoring for. It's not that just straight down the pipe, canned promo stuff, just just a wrestling match for the sake of a match. He got roasted. I mean, using using technology and social media for everybody to bust in with the iPhone and the FaceTime calls and and <clears throat> Sean and and Stephanie being a little bit jealous about each other. You know, this is my best friend. Well, this is my husband, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, what's his name calling at the wrong time? Uh um, road dog, you know, it was, and then Vince coming out and just being Vince. How often do we get to see Vince McMahon? Last week, I told you that I think Vince McMahon and, and Steve Austin should be on commentary for the WWE during these times when there's no audiences there, just because he could be entertaining. I don't give a crap if you thought Vince was the worst thing on uh, in the history of the business on Friday night. He's still entertaining because it's Vince McMahon. Just watching him do his strut, you know, just watching him. 
I, I venture to say that there was a good chance that Sean and Hunter didn't know Vince was going to come out. And that I, they, thought, I would and like they that thought something else was going to happen. And then Vince just decided to go out there and roast them and shut the lights off on them and end the show. To me, that's funny. I, I can't look at one guy. I can't look at one guy cutting a promo on a drone, you know, and go like, oh, that's so entertaining. And then look at a billion dollar owner of a company who might have been half in the bag and go, oh, no, that sucked. No, man, it's all funny. It's all good. I'd rather have that stuff right now than just a cold wrestling match for the sake yes. of a cold wrestling match. And listen, I loved the Jericho release, the hounds, and him talking. I thought it was awesome. Amazing. And awesome. I loved what I saw Friday night. And, like, I was so disappointed, again, like, you know, the the, the dirt sheet writers saying, like. Oh, you know, fuck oh, them. There's rumors that, you know, this is the way Vince McMahon has been since the XFL, like, went bankrupt, that he's just been, you know, acting like this crazy guy and not giving a shit. Like, come on, man. That was funny. Who would, who would have ever thought, Bully, that the end of a Triple H tribute 25th anniversary show would have ended with the lights being turned out and the cricket sound? Like, they, I mean, come on. I mean, I, I, I thought it was highly entertaining. And then the other things are, boy, Vince McMahon looks sickly. Look how thin he looks. Vince McMahon would kick 90% of the people's asses that are listening right now. And bite their like, faces off. Like, I mean, come on now. That was so much. I mean, who would have thought that they would ever in a million years bring up Katie Vick? Like, that whole thing. Like, that's been taboo. You don't bring that up anymore. You don't talk. Katie Vick, Katie Vick's name was brought up twice during that segment. Once by Triple H, the other time by freaking Vince McMahon. And, and that's the thing. You have, you, you have the guts and the confidence in yourself to bring up your biggest failures. Yes. Katie Vick was a god-awful angle. And it's like Vince is saying, my God, I should have known then. How the hell did I let you marry my daughter if you were, you know, having sex with, you know, you know dead people? You, you know? I mean, come on. They made fun of themselves. They made fun of Hunter. It was a roast. And I'm sure that that roast could have been done on a much more grandiose scale if there were fans there and if they had they had access to more people. Listen, I was entertained by it. I don't give a damn if other people weren't entertained by it. But I know, just like you said, like dirt sheet writers, listen, man, people don't click on their headlines if they're putting the WWE over. Just like people don't click on CNN if they're putting over Trump and vice versa. Okay. You never hear uh, uh, certain um, stations speak positively about the president. Just like you'll never hear certain dirt sheet people speak positively about the WWE. This is not an endorsement for Donald Trump or a burial of Donald Trump. I'm trying to give you an example how like a station like CNN constantly bashes the president and how dirt sheets constantly bash the WWE. Like you can't even give them credit when they do something funny. And I don't understand how that wasn't funny. Soccer is a passion that goes beyond the sport. And Sirius XMFC's podcast, More Than a Game, brings that passion to you. Can you believe it? 
In each episode, FC's panel of experts take a deep dive into club histories, iconic grounds, bitter rivalries, and so much more. There's nothing like a derby day in Manchester. New episodes are available weekly by downloading the Pandora app and searching more than a game. I actually was on YouTube last night and saw an interview that we did in 2003 when I was in studio with you and Mortman. I can't wait to release it on social media. You were chasing the hug back then, too. It's amazing. You're basically, I'm in studio, you and Doug, and you're like, hey, man, why don't you like me? Why don't you want to be my friend? Can't we go have a drink together? And I looked at him like, it's 2013. Oh, my God. I can't wait for the nation to see it. So this was back in 2013. Yes, was it when in, I was on was, all sorts of gas and jacked. Was, was, <laughs> was, it, was it in studio or was it like... I it was in studio. And I'm totally blowing you off and looking at Mortman because I think like Mortman's the head of the show. That's funny. There was... An, <laughs> And, and, and I'm sure Doug thought that at the time. As well. um, <laughs> Doug's got to call. We got to have Doug on the show tomorrow. Absolutely. Doug, yeah, Doug has I always to put Mormon over. Yeah, me too. And then, but it's funny you said that. And we'll get to the calls in just a second. But on that same wave, we had Jericho in studio, Chris Jericho in studio. And he was promoting one of his many books. And we were talking to him. And during the interview, Doug is like looking at, keeps looking at his phone, you know, his Blackberry and stuff. And then finally Jericho's like, like how unprofessional, more unprofessional can you be as you're interviewing me to keep looking at your phone? And Doug's like, well, you know, I'm a busy, I got, do you know who I am? Basically he took the the bully, he took the bully. And, and, and from that point on, Chris stopped looking at Doug and just looked at me. And stop looking at Doug. And then there was the Sting interview where Sting only talked to Doug and refused to talk to me. So we've had a lot of those moments in the 11 years of Busted Open. Good times. Good times. Are you ready to get to the Busted Open Nation? I want to see if anybody's going to bury that final segment on SmackDown. Yes, let's go. All right. Well, we got a lot on the table because it is uh, Get Yourself Over Monday. So we have a lot of people that want to talk about that. And you're right. Uh, people want to talk. People want to talk about '80s movies too. There's always a potpourri when you go to the busted open nation. But let's go out to James in Staten Island. What's going on, James? Hey guys, what's up? Hey Dave. Hey Bully Ray. I'm a big fan. First time caller. And how you guys doing? We're good, man. It's good to hear from you. Okay, listen. I watch SmackDown. So I watch all of it. And, I mean, I'm cooking back and forth NXT Raw. My wife will pay it. just cracks me up. But I want to get to and, um, AEW. But I want to get to something that makes me laugh. Why doesn't Vince do like what Khan and the boys do over in AEW? Put a little bit of his, even if it's jobbers or smaller guys around the ring. Because not for nothing, I'll say this. When even like the um, Undisputed Era came out and you got people, when they do all their big hype and everything, and even when Triple H comes out, and there's nobody there. It's like, you're right, crickets. When McMahon was there taking off the lights, that would have been like either a good time for a boo or at least a cheer or something to uh, to send him off or even Triple H. I mean, what is up with this stuff with them in a cricketed-out arenas? I mean, the best arena that they had was the Taker-AJ Styles match. <laughs> Well, James, and, and James, thank you so much for the phone call. I didn't mind it in that 
uh, segment on Friday to end the show, bully. But but James is right. I mean, they. I don't care if it was AEW's idea. Who gives a shit at this point? Who cares? They need to do something about that. They have to have some people now. You know, maybe at some point, bully. Maybe you know we're you know a couple or uh, months away from having possibly a dozen fans if they're uh, you know socially acceptable, like distances away from one another. But James is right. If if until fans can come into the venue, they need to have some people. I don't care if it's stagehands, cameraman. I don't give a shit who it is. You you need to have some kind of presence where there's some some talk where there's some noise going on because the silence is deafening right now. And that's why Wednesday nights are, are so different for me when I watch both shows, both shows dynamite and NXT are in the exact same boat, but dynamite seems to be flying their sails a lot higher because they're thinking outside of the box. We got the fans, not the fans around the ring. We got the boys around the ring making enough noise to make it seem like they're fans. Plus, we got Jericho on commentary with Shivani. And I, I know I sound like a broken record here because I've been saying it so much. Just those two things alone are just enough to keep me on Dynamite as opposed to NXT. NXT... Right now, all of the WWE programming feels to me very uh, cold. I agree. Not not because of what's going on in the ring. The, the, the wrestlers, the entertainers, the performers are still, you know, doing what they need to do. But it's it's commentary. It's the lack of noise out there that feels very canned and cold i know what i'm gonna get when i watch raw nxt or smackdown i'm getting the same wwe writers the same wwe um type of promos the same minds behind the product in the ring on wednesday nights i don't know what i'm getting because it's always coming from somebody new you don't know if it's coming from Jericho's mind, Cody's mind, Tony Khan's mind. And they're open-minded enough over there that if a talent, if Marco Stunt goes to Tony and says, I want to do this, this, and that, and Tony likes it, you're going to see it. So now you're going to get a segment that came from the creative mind of Marco Stunt. Who the hell is Marco Stunt? Well, in, his, in, in our industry, he's not really anybody, but he might come up with an idea that pops everybody. Is any talent in the WWE getting to do whatever they want on the show? Well, the answer is yes. And we saw it in the we saw it in the closing segment of SmackDown. That's a little different, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a little exactly. Different. So All right, let's yeah. No, you're right, and 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 I think because it is about personalities, and and you're and you're 100 right, bully. Those wrestlers around the ring are showing their personalities, like you said, a Marco stunt. Sean Spears, I've seen more out of Sean Spears as a spectator outside the ring than I have so far since he's been with AEW inside the ring, believe it or not. So you could do a, a lot with that. Let's go back out to the Busted Open Nation. Let's go to Paul in Philly who wants to talk about that final segment from Friday night. What do you got, Paul? How you doing? First time, long time. Welcome, um, my friend. I thought this, thank you. I thought the segment 
they could have picked up the pace of it. It went as, a little slow as far as them talking. I mean, it was 20 minutes was long. You, you, you could have picked up the pace in his phone call. <laughs> Paul, don't listen to him. I'm sure. Paul, but think about I'm it. Sure. It was 20 minutes long, but you had – think about what you had in that segment. You had triple – first of all, I, I think an amazing beginning where Triple A came out with the water to do the whole spit the water thing, and then one of the stagehands grabs the water bottle out of his hand, and, like, the you know, the commentators are making fun of, like, well, I guess he's not long for his job. That was hilarious. And then you get yeah, him kind of like... Parts that were that were terrific. All right, but, all right, but think of this, Paul. The whole segment from beginning to end was 20 minutes long. All right, in that 20 minutes... You got you got Triple H by himself, and you had some humor. You had Shawn Michaels come out, and then you had back and forth with Shawn Michaels. You had the the phone calls on the cell phone. You had the Ric Flair laughing. I mean, and then crying at the end. Dave, Dave, hold on. We've heard from you. We know why you liked it. Paul called in and said, "Well, you know, the pacing could have been." Paul, what would you have done to make that segment better? The only thing I guess would be the interaction between uh, Sean and Triple H. That could okay, what was wrong? What was wrong between the interaction with Sean and Triple H? It seemed like they were looking for what they wanted to say. I, I love it. Seemed that. like they were looking for what they were trying to say. What does that mean? That it was live. I mean, it was, wasn't scripted, which was yes, cool. that, that's all we be, we beg for every freaking day on this show. So now you finally get it, and you're going to be like, oh man, I, boy, somebody should give them a little pointers on how to pick up the pace. Why, Paul? Come on, this is what you want. Because you got Triple H, and you want like- Triple H and 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 Shawn Michaels to have a script. No, I don't want the script. But I don't want to feel like they're trying to fill the 20 minutes. I wanted, I guess, a little more. If they were a lot more comical in the undisputed ear, you know? All right. All right, well, dude. Have a point. All right. Teach us all. Teach us all. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks for the phone call. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's ahead. your other thing? What's your other thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Okay. I have a question. When I'm listening to um, AEW, it sounds like there's sometimes. Death metal drums in the background when they're wrestling to add noise to it. Is that possible? That's because Dave Lombardo's uh, there in the uh, backstage playing the drums. That's, you know who Dave Lombardo true. is, right? No. Okay, hang no, up on this guy. Uh, no, he, Paul. Thanks for the phone call. He's <laughs> he, he's the drummer for uh, was the drummer for Slayer. Uh, but actually, bully. That's not true. He's actually under the ring playing drums. Oh. He's they they. They make a hole and then they put the drum set in there and he's. You know what, Dave? If a guy, if somebody's gonna call in and you're gonna and you're gonna say why you didn't like something, do you think the reasons that he gave are applicable? I mean, you know, listen, maybe I maybe people saw it differently than I did because he he brought up Shawn Michaels and Triple H. First of all, they were jarring at each other. Did it feel like uh, it was coming that it was off the cuff? It did. That's the beauty of it. That it felt like it was off the cuff. Like, it was felt like that they were given microphones and they said, guys, you're Triple H and you're fucking Shawn Michaels. Go in there and fill some time. And that's what they did. Going off on each other, the jabs. I thought 
the, the Stephanie McMahon phone call was hilarious. The fact that it's like, you know, you're changed, you know, you got married, you're different, you know, you know, whoops, whoops. Like, and then she calls in going, like, I see, like, she, she was like, I see you, Sean. This is live TV. I see you. That's amazing to me. I thought that was hilarious. I really did. It, it's so funny because we're seeing Sean and Triple H in there and we're getting the blooper reel of when they were, you know, when, you know, when WWE at the time with the Attitude Era was sex, drugs and rock and roll and they were doing whatever they wanted and, you know, having a blast. And now all of a sudden we're back in the ring with Sean and Triple H who are, you know, over 50 now. And then all of a sudden Sean's like, yeah, you know, remember when we were doing this and doing this and then all of a sudden ring, ring. Oh, hello, honey. It's like you see these guys then, and now you see these guys now, and Sean's like, oh, man, you still have to answer to her. I don't know how that's not humorous. Hilarious. It's a hilarious. <laughs> I, it's almost like when I'm doing this show with you, Bully, like, you know, now we're all home. Like, you know, Violetta is now, like, in the room next to me when I'm doing – so when she's hearing, you know, our talk about Zapped – and just one of the guys and Lord of the Rings and all this stuff. She she pops her head into the room and just looks at me with that look that she gives me when she sees me watching Police Academy 3 in the living room at 1 o'clock in the morning. Like, that's funny to me that they actually played off of that because, you know, I'm a 48-year-old man. I'm not 16, you know, just like what we saw Friday night. They're not in their 20s anymore during the Attitude Era. They're approaching 50 years old or over 50, and they're still acting like that. And then Stephanie McMahon being the wife that's putting an end to it. I thought it was hilarious. This week on World of Basketball, Australia's five-time Olympian and FIBA Hall of Famer, Andrew Gaze, shares his thoughts on LaMelo Ball as an NBA prospect. I think he's a phenomenal talent. He's good size. He's a, a really, really good athlete. But in NBA, the standards, he's not an elite athlete. He can pass the ball. The thing that I think impressed me the most is not necessarily everything I saw on the floor because his talent is really good, but he listens. He's respectful and that he seems to buy into the team concepts. New episodes of World of Basketball are available every Thursday on the Sirius XM app and Pandora. The most votes that we got was for our next guest. And that's our first ever official guest on Get Yourself Over Monday. It is Dan Housen. Sir, how are you today? Hello, yes. Is this for Dan Hazen? Yes, it is. How are you? Ah, very nice. Very evil. How are you? <laughs> I can't wait, and I'm glad we're having this opportunity. As I said, get yourself over Monday. When we brought this out to the nation, there was nobody that came close to the amount of votes that you got. So when you hear that you have this loyal support, what do you say? Ah, Dan Hazen is uh, number one amongst the Fanhausens, yes? Yes, Fanhausen. Number one, Fanhausen to the Danhausens. So, all right, so Danhausen feel very nice. It should. Now, it's funny because Bully said to me, like when he described you, and I don't know if you would get this description or not, he said you're kind of like a, a nice version of King Diamond. Is that, is that? that... Uh, King, King Diamond is very nice. I don't know what he's getting at. All right, so you're a nicer version than King Don. Uh, yes. <laughs> now, another thing that we hear about you, sir, 
is that you don't like cursing. People, everybody was warning Bully and I not to curse in your presence. So I'm guessing swear words are not to your liking. Well, so the, the thing with that is Dan Housen doesn't swear so he can get on television. But this is your show, so you can swear because you have control over who is on and who is not. All right, so, so does Dan, would, would Dan Would Dan Housen swear on Busted Open? No, Dan Housen never swears. Someone will hear it and take him off the air. <laughs> that is true, Bully. I mean, you got to be safe because you want to leave yourself open to anybody that would want to have you on. So, Dan Housen, for, for everybody listening right now that might not be familiar with you, who is Dan Housen? Where does Dan Housen come from? What is Dan Housen? Well, Dan Housen, very nice, very evil, uh, very famous, uh, regular human wrestling person, yes. Uh, you know, he's quite nice, quite athletic, uh, very, uh, you know, he's got everyone uh, round about him. Like a mind control, but, you know, it's not because I'm not like that. So where, like does, that. Where, does Dan Housen, where does Dan Housen like to wrestle the most? Ooh, Dan Housen has many places. Dan Housen has seen you at Ring of Honor. That was very nice. Uh, Dan Housen wrestles in Cleveland a lot for Absolute Intense Wrestling. That one's very nice as well. And uh, Black Label Pro, love that. That's in Crown Point, Indiana. Dan Housen loves wrestling, though, all around. He goes all across the United States. So you're all over the world, Housen, so to speak. Well, you know, not Europe yet, but uh, Dan Housen has been all over Canada and uh, the United States of sorts. Okay, so you said, like, you're nice and evil. Can you be nice and evil at the same time? Of course. That's Dan Housen every single day. Very nice and very evil. Who does Dan Housen like you, but you have to be evil to, you know, defeat your opponents. Yes, I, I especially like the evil part. The nice, not so much. But who does, who does Dan Housen like to wrestle the most? Does Dan Housen have a favorite uh, fellow wrestler? Or does Dan Housen have somebody that he's looking forward to wrestling? Or a company that he'd like to sign Housen with? Ah, I see what you're getting at here. Yes, uh, Ring of Housen needs to hire Dan Housen is what we're getting at, I believe. Yes, Dan Housen would like to... Uh, work more with Ring of Honor. That would be very nice, very evil. And uh, yes, this, Dan Housen enjoys wrestling many people and looks forward to most of them. Sometimes uh, some are harder than others, you know. But for the most part, Dan Housen enjoys tussling with the best. See, this is interesting to me because I think you would be a great addition to, to Ring Housen. And also, yeah. you have... You have PCO, and either that could be somebody that would be a good tag team partner for you or possibly somebody for you to go up against in PCO. That's true. He's quite villainous. Danhausen mm -hmm. likes that. And also, he believes that he lives nearby Danhausen when Danhausen resides in Montreal. So we could be good friends. Danhausen on the old Twitter machine, Housen, I saw this mock-up T-shirt. It said, Ring of Housen with a picture of your face over the O. Did you come up with that? Yes, Danhausen created that himself using the fine uh, workings of the phone. An iPhone, if you will. 
I thought that that was a phenomenal idea. I think that is a great merchandising idea. And for that reason alone, if I was in charge of hiring and firing people in Ring of Honor, I would have signed you to a deal already. Well, we'll have to get you to become president of Ring of Housing then. <laughs> no, thank you, Housing. All right, so you mentioned, <laughs> Very nice. uh, you, 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 mentioned um, you know, ROH. Do you have, like, long-term goals? Like, would you like to be a part of WrestleMania at some point or something along those lines? You say WrestleMania or WrestleMania, Dan Housen? I said, I said WrestleMania because I figured that's more ah, well, Dan Housen than WrestleMania. Well, yes, that was Dan Housen's show. Where we hope to put it on soon as though, you know, everything was canceled and has to be rescheduled. So we hope to put that one on uh, very soon. Dan Housen was going to team with Gangrel, which would have been very evil, very evil. So twice as but nice, twice as Dan, evil. Danhausen just hopes to, you know, uh, make his way across the seas would be a nice uh, short-term goal because that's never been done. And yes, just wrestle more and more and more and spread the name of Danhausen worldwide. When Danhausen was a little childhausen and he was just kind of nice and kind of evil, what type of wrestling did Danhausen wrestle and who was his favorite wrestler? Uh, Dan Housen, as a young child, he has a picture of it even. Uh, his favorite wrestler was Kane. Big surprise, yes? Yes. Very he evil. fits. Yeah, very evil. Very evil. Always evil, it seemed, yes. at that time. He grew, he where, grew up where idolizing did, Kane. Where did Dan Housen learn the arts and crafts of wrestling? Ah, yes. He learned the arts and crafts of wrestling in a little town in Michigan, where he was trained by Truth Martini and Jimmy Jacobs. Okay. All right. So, you know, Dan Housen, you know, everyone points to 2019 for you. That was like a breakout year for you where, you know, your social media numbers were on the rise. People started to speak your name. Obviously, things have been put on hold right now that we're dealing with this. The world is dealing with this pandemic. But what are your goals once this is over? And I'm not just talking about, like, wrestling outside of the U.S. And I'm not even just talking about wrestling companies. But for your character and personality, what is your long-term goals? Well, Dan Housen prefers to be uh, a household name. So that's what Dan Housen would like to do in long term is become a regular household name, maybe not even just in only professional wrestling, but uh, maybe late night talk show, uh, maybe television cooking chef host, you know, anything normal humans do. All right. Is Dan Housen really a normal human? Yes, regular human, just like you. What? (laughs) Not just like me. Um, (laughs) What does what does regular human Dan Housen like to do in his spare time? You know, knitting, uh, bicycling, regular human things, swimming activities, uh, you know, producing his own cooking shows, late night talk shows, uh, wearing his T-shirts with his own face on it. You know, regular <laughs> human things. I mean, everybody's got to do that. You got to you got to you got to expand. Everybody the brand. has underwear with their names on it and T-shirts with their faces on it. Yes. No, but it definitely works for you, Dan Housen. So, so you, you mentioned the T-shirts. You mentioned the underwear. Where could fans that are listening to this show right now purchase either your underwear or the T-shirt? Are you asking face where Dan, you can buy Dan Housen's underpants? Yes, that's what he's asking. He wants to know how yes. he can get a pass of your draw Housen's. Well, 
Though the draw housings are not available at this moment, but you can buy a T-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Danhausen. Very easy. Right. How 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 is your pro wrestling tea sh- uh, store going for you? Are you able to to get well, the word out there and keep the word out there? Yes, actually, this month was Danhausen's most uh, successful month on the pro wrestling tea's website, uh, and he's actually very proud of that. That's very nice. He was uh, the top seller of the week, not number one, but he was on the list. Is there so, a particular uh, is there a particular design that you like better than uh, um, any others? Uh, Danhausen likes the VHS one, which was actually artwork gifted to him originally at Ring of Honor in Atlanta by a Fanhausen named okay. Nico Newport. Great artist. All right. So I'm, I'm glad that you accept work from your Fanhausens, and, and it's good to know that. Oh, that yes. Fanhausen encourages the artwork. It's wonderful. I, we, we love it here. So, you know, now that you're on Busted Open, and again, our fan base, the Busted Open Nation, wanted you on this show, Dan House, and they craved you. All the tweets, most of them that we got asked for you. So what would be, you know, what would you like to say to our fan base that wanted you on the show today? Well, Dan Housen thanks you all. As he knows, you all love that Dan Housen, and Dan Housen is here to tell you that he loves you. Love those fan housings. Okay, and then for your to expand your fan housings, not only could they buy your T-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees, how else could our nation members follow you? So Danhausen has Twitter, as you know. It is Danhausen AD. And Danhausen also has uh, the Instagram at the same name. And he also, if anyone is looking for bonus Patreon content with videos, he has a Patreon where he does a cooking show, a late night talk show, and a review food show, which is patreon.com slash love that Danhausen. All right, love that Danhausen. Danhausen, I am a Fanhausen, and I know that Bully is now a Fanhausen, and I hope by having you on our show today, there's many more Fanhausens that are going to follow you on Twitter. Danhausen, do you feel like... um, like there are certain characters out there or personalities out there that fans seem to like, but they're not quite sure why they like them. Kind of like an orange Cassidy. Would you put yourself in that category? Is there any one thing about you that you think people like more than the other aspect of your personality? I think it is that they like that. They can see Dan Housen is having a good time. And you think for wrestling wrestlers, Go ahead. I'm sorry, Housen. A nice time. No, quite all right. So, you you think that fans are entertained by you because they see that you're having fun in the ring? Exactly. Dan Housen is having an entertaining time, entertaining himself. So why would no one else have an entertaining time watching Dan Housen? Okay, that's fair, Housen. It, it makes sense, and you can follow. Danhausen on Twitter at Danhausen AD, and then he mentioned Patreon. You can get that link on his Twitter page as well. Follow him on IG, and then go to ProWrestlingTees.com and search Danhausen for all his latest T-shirts. Danhausen, it's been an absolute yes. pleasure having you on Busted. Absolute Open pleasure, Housen. All right, Danhausen, thank you so much for having him on. Hey, Bully, you brought this up. The fans spoke. They wanted Danhausen, and now Danhausen was delivered right here on the first ever guest spot, Bully, of Get Yourself Over Monday. 
when I originally saw him, I, I completely didn't get it. Like I said, I, I still don't really understand uh, the whole gimmick. Blue Meanie uh, uh, texted me and said that his his whole shtick is based off this this kind of like European vampire comedy thing that I want to check out. But I do compare him to an Orange Cassidy and. I'm saying that in a complimentary way because like with an Orange Cassidy or a Dan Housen, you're not quite sure why you're entertained by them or you like them. You just are like as a traditional old school pro wrestler, I technically should not like Orange Cassidy. Not only do I like Orange Cassidy, not only am I entertained by Orange Cassidy, but when I got in the ring with Orange Cassidy, I was more than happy to do the Orange Cassidy shtick with him. I would do the Danhausen shtick with him. I'd paint up as Danhausen. Actually, we could dre- dress Dreamer up as Danhausen and call him Fathausen, and that would be funny. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. And another person, Bully, that got a lot of people talking and used that hashtag is Christian Cobain. And he joins us now right here on Busted Open. Uh, Christian, how are you, man? Oh, I am good, guys. Thank you so much for having me on right now. No, for thank you for coming on. And this is something that we want to do. So I'm sure, Christian, you started to create a buzz. I'm sure, Christian... A lot of people started speaking your name about what's going on in the ring for you, and now here we are the last couple of months not being able to do that. So, you know, how have you been able to kind of keep that momentum going over the last seven to eight weeks? Well, honestly, you say keep that momentum going. Weirdly enough, my momentum didn't start until all of this began. I chose to, well, I saw this as an opportunity more than any other time to really tackle social media because I feel these days that's where the heart of professional wrestling really is. Like, I've had a Twitter for a few years, but I didn't really start putting work into it until we all started getting quarantined. And then one thing after another, it just started to pick up, and now that ball's rolling a little bit. Christian, um, when I originally sent out the tweet, Um, I did so because I wanted to see independent talent like yourself have an opportunity to get their name out there during these, you know, difficult times. Um, I, the name that popped up the most was Danhausen, who was just on, but then all of a sudden I saw a slew of people tweeting with your name and I had never heard your name before, but within, and I'm not saying that I'm not dissing you in any way, shape or form. I'm just saying that I had never heard of you, but within a matter of 15 minutes, so many people said, you got to have Christian Cobain on, you got to have Christian Cobain on. So smarten me up to you, brother. Tell me and tell me all the world. Who are you? Where are you? you from what style do you wrestle you know um if if the red light was on right now and you just had to get yourself over go okay you know what i was listening a couple days ago listening to you guys talking about this podcast and you had two points to this whole thing you it's a radio said, show who am i i'm sorry what it's a radio show well um, apologies apologies you said who am i and why should you care? Yep. Well, I'm a father. I'm a fighter. 
I'm a gamer. I'm a nerd. I'm a punk. I'm a wrestler. I'm a man who spent the last six-plus years busting my, I'm sorry, I don't know if we can swear or not because Danhausen's gone, but my <laughs> butt for scraps. Still to this day, never really being given an opportunity to shine until now. But why? What's changed? You know what's changed? Independent wrestling has changed. Dave, you made a comment a couple days ago talking about this very segment. You said indie wrestling really isn't a thing right now. Well, with all due respect, I wholeheartedly disagree. While it may be true that the fans are not getting the chance to see us live in ring every week, independent wrestling's heart beats strong right now, possibly stronger than it ever has before. I, I stand for something. I stand for each and every guy and girl who travels hundreds of thousands of miles every week for little to nothing. I stand for each and every man and woman who pays their hard-earned money to see the future. I stand for that future being the present. It's our time now. The fans need us. We need them. Together, independent wrestling is forever going to change the business again. We're going to the future, fellas. Take my hand. I'll lead the way. Hashtag wrestler of the people. Uh, that that sounds awesome, Christian. So I'm going to pose this question to you. If Vince McMahon or Tony Khan or Joe Coff or uh, New Japan was listening right now to bust it open and they go, wow, that Christian Cobain is impressive. Let's sign him right now. And you were to sign with a major company by tomorrow. Would you still be uh, waving the flag for independent wrestling as hard as you are right now? Absolutely, without a doubt, 100%. Independent wrestling is the lifeblood of this business right now. It means so much to me, just as it means to each and every wrestling fan out there. You know, it's amazing to me, Bully, and this is where I got to give Christian a lot of credit. He said that, you know, there wasn't a lot of buzz about him until this pandemic happened. You know, now we're going on almost eight weeks ago. And I, I checked his social media, and it's so true. Like he has done is taken advantage of what is a really shitty, bad situation for everybody. And, you know, when you're going to be successful, those are the things that you have to do because you said, you know, you're a father. So like you have to take advantage of every opportunity because you can't let this dream die just because the world is on pause right now. Christian, oh, if without, um, without, again, this is my life, but I live off this. This is the only source of income right now that I have. Like, I do have two children, yeah. So, like, I knew that I had to do everything that I could to put in that work for this. And social media is really doing, doing it for me lately. Christian, we do a segment every once in a while on the show called If I Had the Pencil. And a lot of times I like to put the pencil in the hands of the guys and gals actually doing it because wrestlers most times can come up with better stuff than creative can. When you look at the spectrum of, of wrestlers out there, when you look at the different companies out there, who's the one person that you would love to work with? Not because you want to wrestle a hero or a friend, but who's the one person out there that you know that your character would gel the best with and that you could generate money and business with? Oh, well, for one, it's very difficult for you to limit that to one, but I, I will abide. I will oblige. And if I had to pick one, there's definitely one name that's just always popped in my head for a couple different reasons. Uh, the love for independent wrestling. 
Uh, you, you mentioned about my style earlier. I didn't really get to talk about that much, but we have very similar styles to this guy that I'm about to say. Just everything about this guy, his persona, everything about it. I think me and David Starr could tear the house down. Uh, the, David Starr's name has come up on, you know, uh, the get yourself over uh, a hashtag. What is it about David Starr that you appreciate or that fans should know about him? David Starr is just like, to break it down to its most simple form, David Starr is real. Like, you, you see him and he's, he's not a big dude. He's not a super imposing dude. He honestly just comes off as a super genuinely nice guy. But you know, like, when you see him wrestle, like, I know when you're sitting in that front row, when you're watching David Starr do his thing, like, you're scared for the other guy's life. David Starr's a badass, plain and simple. So you could have picked any name in the entire world. You could have said Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Chris Jericho, Cody Rhodes, blah, blah, blah. You chose David Starr. So you think that uh, Christian Cobain and David Starr is the biggest money-generating match for you right now? Oh, as far as money-generating match, I mean, maybe not money-generating match just for the simple fact that we're banking solely off his name because I'm still building, as as we already spoke about, but I do think that that would be the best performance that I could put on in a wrestling ring would be with him. And do you think independent wrestling fans would be excited and pay their hard-earned money to see Christian Cobain versus David Starr? Well, you know what? There's only really one way to figure that out, and is that's for it to actually take place. So you know what? I can just issue that challenge right now. David Starr, if you want to do this, I would absolutely love to tango, brother. You know, Christian, you mentioned that you're a father of two and that this is your source of income. So when this all went down, and obviously you took advantage of it and you're creating a name and you're creating even more of a buzz for yourself over the last two months than ever before, and we appreciate you coming on the show today. But when when this first went down and you saw a lot of your bookings get canceled, knowing that this is your only source of income, how scared were you? when this all went down oh brother you, you used the correct word scared like i was terrified petrified it was absolutely the scariest thing that's happened to me in my wrestling career like i've been wrestling for six plus years now i trained for a year so i've been in the business for about seven and a half years uh, i haven't taken a break uh, this has been everything for me since the very very beginning not just the income but just the personal release that wrestling gives me going this long if any amount of time without it has drove me absolutely insane and then when it comes to the money issue like yeah it was terrifying especially at the time because i had absolutely no buzz going for me so you know t-shirt sales weren't actually you know weren't exactly cutting it christian um who broke you in and who were some of the the people that you gravitated to coming up in the wrestling business who, who were some you know who were you a fan of Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I actually broke in. I did my basic training with the gentleman that trained Jamie Noble. His name's Adorable Danny Ray. He's a local legend where I'm from. I did my uh, basic training with him. Love him to death. Uh, a couple years later, I moved up to Dayton, Ohio, and I started training at the OI4K Academy under Dave Christ. And that's where I, I could say that I really started to come into my own as a wrestler. That's where I really started to uh, – I still think I have a, a crap ton to learn, but I think that's where I started to get it was under Dave Crest. All right. And I'm looking at your T-shirt store right now. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Christian Cobain or just search Christian Cobain. And 
You have uh, six different T-shirts that are available for purchase. And I got I to gotta be honest with you, these are pretty sweet-looking T-shirts. You obviously put a lot of time and effort into this. So, man, I hope uh, after being on our show today, you see a surge in your, in your wrestling shirt sales, especially knowing that you have mouths to feed, my friend. Uh, well, I really appreciate everything you guys are doing for me right now. Well, good luck to you, man. Hope everything works out once uh, once this whole uh, black plague goes away. I, I do agree with you that indie indie wrestling is going to be very very strong, and uh, I hope you make a million dollars one day. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate you. And seriously, Christian, when this is all over, we're going to do a lot of follow up interviews, bully, with some of the people that we spoke to, because hopefully, once these doors are opened, you'll be able to get some more bookings in. We'd love to, you know, keep following your career, and this is definitely not the last time you're going to be on the show. Awesome. That's great to hear. I'm down. All right, Christian Cobain. Uh, you can follow him on social media. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Search Christian Cobain for some sweet search. Christian, thanks again for your time, my friend. Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful day. Take All care. Right, bye-bye. Good stuff. I mean, uh, good stuff, I think, from both. God. Boy, you talk about two opposite ends of the spectrum from those two guests we just had on, Bully. Do you think the both of them maximized their opportunity? Um, Definitely Christian Cobain did, I think. And you know what? In, in a lot of ways, Danhausen did as well. I think, I think coming out of the interview with Danhausen, you know who Danhausen is. You know, this is, this is a character. This is a personality. I think probably after hearing Danhausen, you're interested to see what this guy's all about. So you're probably going to search him or you're going to go to his Twitter page and find out more about him. You know, I know I'm very, very curious how this translates into being in the ring, how this, how this character goes into the ring. For me, I really love the Christian Cobain spot because there's a lot of realism. You know, when you hear that a guy has two kids and this is his only source of income bully, to me now, I'm like, oh, I know the realism that of that. I have a family. God forbid I lost my job. You know, what am I going to do? How am I going to create and still keep this persona with the nation, be able to make money from it? Christian Cobain is in that struggle right now, and it sounds like, Bully, he's winning that struggle because, as he said, he's more over now than he was two months ago. So it doesn't matter why you want to be a fan of somebody as long as you're a fan, but it sounds like you want to be a fan of Christian Cobain because you might be able to relate to him having children or you feel sympathetic towards him because he has two children and this is his only way of making a living. You always say you like realism in your pro wrestling, right? Dan Housen uh, is the opposite of that. This is surreal. This is a character. You know, like you said, he's a, he's a nice King Diamond, he's he's good and evil. So I think that's a pretty cool personality. But when you hear the man Christian Cobain, we heard the man Christian Cobain on our show today. This is a guy that's in a real-life struggle to feed his family and to, and to support his children. Yes, that human element is going to—I'm more attracted to Christian Cobain. I'm definitely going to go and buy a T-shirt at Pro Wrestling Tees. For Christian Cobain, and I'm definitely going to check out some of his matches, and he would probably be the first that I would go see wrestle when this is all said and done. That's a hell of an endorsement right there, on, and, and we'll leave it at that. 
Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.